Episode 44 of Board Games with Barry and Hex is all about the Fox in the Forest and the Fox in the Forest duet. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I talk about two-player trick-taking games. The Fox in the Forest is a competitive game, but the Fox in the Forest duet is cooperative. We'll discuss our experiences with both and share which one we'd recommend. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about foxes and forests. Imagine we're just like sitting over dinner and we're talking about how we played the Fox in the Forest and the Fox in the Forest duet and we're not recording a podcast. Okay, I'm imagining that right now. Okay, what are you eating? Uh, you know what? I was I, I didn't think we were going to go this far with the imagination. I wanted to make sure you were imagining it. No. I'm imagining I'm having mini corn dogs at Fat Dan's. Oh, at Fat Dan's. We're mm-hmm. talking about it at Fat Dan's? Well, I, I'm going to have mini corn dogs. All right, I'm having wings. Let's go. Okay. The Fox in the Forest and the Fox in the Forest duet. One of them is competitive and one of them is cooperative right so the first fox in the forest we'll talk about that one first the little tagline on board game geek is in this trick-taking game for two you must win more than your rival but not too much which is how the game kind of balances itself as a two-player trick-taking game if you actually win all the tricks you get no points and the other person gets six yeah you've become too greedy and actually there might be a little bit of range at the top about being too greedy 10 to 13 yeah so it's not even every trick if you just win too many it's kind of fun that if it's not going your way like you think okay i'm gonna try to get as many as i can and then the way the hand starts shaking out you might be like oh forget it i'm gonna make them look like a greedy monster yeah there's a shoot the moon aspect to it which is fun where you can also try to get zero and like try to make them have it all. Yeah, just like you said. Is that just what I said? Yeah, but I wanted to all call right. it a well, shoot the moon aspect. We're going to mention as well that this game was made in 2017 by Foxtrot Games and Renegade Game Studios were the publishers. And the designer is Joshua Burgle. Burgle, I think? Burgel. Burgel, perhaps. I mean, I made that up, but I think and so. And it's pretty easy to find this game. I, I think I've seen it at Target. At the time of recording, it was available on tabletopmerchant.com for like $10. Oh, quite affordable. And it's not its not even a full deck of cards, so to speak. It's less than a 52-card deck. No, there's deck. only two people. Well, there's two-player 52-card deck games. Oh, I don't like them, but yeah, that's right. Okay. They're, really? Yeah. I don't like to play like War or what other two-player Well, games. that's the only... There's got to be more than that. Gin, but then like... Yeah. I like perfect information games. So, you know, if we play spades, everyone gets 13 well, this cards. Is that seems not manageable. a perfect information game. Correct. You take, you deal out a number of cards, but there's maybe five or six-ish, I don't remember the exact number, that stay uh, face down in a deck off to the side. You do flip one card over as the decree. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like decree instead of uh, trump as a name for that car. I feel like it, yeah. like it kind of makes sense. So the decree is, you know, the suit that is the highest suit at that time. And another unique thing about this, besides the fact that you don't want to win all of the tricks, you also have all the odd numbered cards have some extra little power on them. So the 11, um, if you play that, if you lead with that card, your opponent has to play their highest card of that suit. Unless they have a one. they can play a one. The power of the one is that if you lose, if you play that card and you lose the trick, you get to lead the next trick anyway. Because... Trick-taking games, once you know how to play them, like you feel like you know how to play all of them. But until that point, 
they're kind of weird. They came from like classic playing card games. And the idea is that everyone's playing out a card into a pool of cards. And the best card in that pool wins the collection of cards. And that's called a trick. And a lot of classic trick taking games, you're trying to win the most tricks. So everyone contributes one card and then best card wins is sort of how it goes. In order to kind of break ties, so to speak, and how do you know one is better than another, there's usually a suit that's better than all the other suits or some kind of cards that are better than all the other cards. And in this case, that card changes throughout the game. Because if you have a three, if you play a three, you can swap whatever the decree card is with a card from your hand. And if you play a five, you can take one from that deck of cards that are off to the side that are just extras you get to take one from that deck and take a card from your hand and put it underneath all these are reasons why it's not a perfect information trick-taking game right. a card game but you still like this game i think yeah I, I mean i think it's it's a fun game there's enough variability in it that i don't know everything so there's still some some risk and some luck but you can still do pretty well by coming to know like what your opponent has and what you ought to play. And then I like the idea of being able to shift and try to, to go really low and get a full six points. I also like if you evaluate how the points are scored, I think it's really fun that I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I can't remember if I have this right because it's been a while since I looked at it. Mm. I'm pretty sure that every hand one player gets six points and then the other player can either get three, two, or one, three, two, one, or zero points. Oh, and that's just kind I of the way the math of that. that scoring works is that like someone's going to get six points and then it's just you're, a matter of yeah, and then how it's how far how far they're going to win. Plus, you can get the points if you take a trick with the seven, which I'm not sure yes, if you mentioned that power. I have it. If you take a trick that contains a seven card in it, you get a point for that. So you can score, you know, eight, nine, as many as ten points, or as many as nine points in one hand. But that would be rare. Yeah, and you play to a certain number of points, so you decide how many, and so how many hands you play would depend on how often the same person was scoring six, basically. Yeah. And so last time we played, we I think we played a pretty short game. Yeah, but I think really you were only to play till like sixteen, and you had an amazing first two hands. So like I was pretty much out of it. Yeah, I think we only played three. I think back. you won in three hands. You know, there's still luck there with just the cards that you get dealt to start with. Yeah, so. and then there's another like the. The ability to change the the uh, decree mm-hmm. in the middle of the hand. Yes, because like, it happens as soon as you play the card. Like everything kind of pauses. Yeah. And... So if you lead a, a if you lead a three, you can change the decree to a card your opponent doesn't have or is forced to play or you know any number of things. Yeah, that's it's very like it's very interesting. I, which I don't think you're aware of this, I recently got the app and have been playing the app. And it has uh, AI that you, they're like these solo challenges. So, you know, you're playing against the AI. And they kind of change the rules here and there. But it also made crystal clear some of those strategy points of like, sometimes, you know, when you're playing with someone else, you might not always do the switch those swaps and things at exactly the right time. Or they might kind of play a card anyway and you kind of see what they have or what, what have you. But that's kind of reinforced for me the strategy in when you play that three and how you decide to manipulate that decree card. The nine is the only other one. That's the only one we haven't mentioned yet. And it acts as the decree card if there's no other Other nines. nines. So there's two nines. Then I think if there are two nines that neither one of them are the decree, then it doesn't matter. If one of them was the decree, it would have won anyway. If there's just one nine and it's not the actual decree suit, it acts like the decree suit and it, 
more or less. Doesn't always, but it it could lose to a ten of the decree suit or an eleven. Yeah, but it often will win the trick. So there's just enough little manipulation things like that. And I suppose because it's only three suits in the game, and the numbers are two through eleven, I suppose there's nothing stopping you from just doing this with a regular deck of cards. And some oh, spare right. change. But the, because the p- cards whimsy. are powerful, it's much, it, you can read the cards. It's a lot easier not to forget yeah. what each card does. Yeah. Um, but, you know. And, you could... and the deck is pretty. The deck is very pretty. The art is very nice. And it has like a, a beehive and a key and like a moon are kind of the suits. I mean, I just thought general cards. pretty is how I remembered it. Okay. And then the uh, all the odd numbers have an illustration on them, all the ones with the power. And the other ones just look like regular playing cards. They have like, you know, the 10 of keys is just 10 keys on the card. Yeah. And I would say that I like it a lot more if I have at least one three in my hand to start the game. I do not like it if all the threes are either hidden or in my opponent's hand because it gives the opponent a lot of control. Yeah, and I think I'm so much more tactical when I play. I'm not super concerned with that. I kind of go with the flow. I prefer not leading and just trying to figure out my my strategy from there. But I do think playing the app is making me a little stronger. I think when you hear the concept of this game, it doesn't sound like it would work as well as it does. The same way that the crew, which is a cooperative trick-taking game. A lot of classic trick-taking games are two-player cooperative like you right you're playing against people so there's an element of that but the crew takes that and makes it like everyone's playing together and it sounds like it won't work but it does speaking of cooperative speaking of cooperative the fox in the forest duet is sort of the same game except now you're working with the other person to collect all these gems in the forest and you saw these cards some of them still have special powers. They aren't the same special powers. But there's also a number of like little paw prints on the corner of the card. And that indicates how far um, you will travel. So there's like a linear path. Like you start in the middle and the person who wins the trick mm-hmm. moves a shared pawn in the direction of themselves on the, on the path mm-hmm. as many paw prints as are in the trick. And mm-hmm. so you're trying to manage not going too far off the edge of the board, which causes you to die. Not well, to die, no, but to... not even. Well, but it, it's bad for you. You shorten the path. So I think yeah. we never play to in a way where we want that to necessarily happen, but shortening the path can, it could help you in certain situations. Well, the only put problem everything together, is, yeah. Yeah, the only problem is if you shorten the path too much, you do lose. You only get to shorten the path four times. And if you play through an entire round and need to reshuffle you always shorten the path by one. So you can only yeah. play four, well, yeah, you can only play four hands. Yeah, so e- yeah, each spot on the path has a gem or two gems to start the game, mm-hmm. and then every time you visit a place anew, you get to take a gem. Yeah. And you're trying to clear off all the gems, and then at the end of every hand, the path they, they auto-shortens, and then some gems come back, not as many as the mm-hmm. first hand. I think it is my favorite of the two, and it's not close, but I do like the fox in the forest the competitive version. I just like the Fox and the Forest duet a whole lot. Yeah. The little tagline from Board Game Geek is win tricks to move in the forest collecting gems before running out of time. And that's the running out of time is just running out of those uh, forest shortening tokens. This one came three years later, still from Foxtrot Games and Renegade Game Studios in 2020. This is also, I feel like you, I don't know that, 
Like, I don't know that Target has both Fox in the Forest and Fox in the Forest duet. I kind of think they just have one of them. But I saw this one today for $11 on GameNerds.com. So you can have both of them for 20 I don't do... We're going to kind of get to that in a minute, whether you think you should have both or not. I think that I do like this one. I think it's better for two than the crew. And we're I'm comparing it a lot to the crew because it's another oh, right. cooperative trick-taking game and another trick-taking game that kind of turns trick-taking on its side a little bit. This is simpler... There's not as much of a story as the crew, either one of them, kind of tries to put into the game. And there's not this sense of, like, the only thing I don't like about the crew is that you can kind of end up playing it for hours, which some people love. That's the best part of the crew. Well, and that's what I might say is kind of, it's good once, and then I kind of, like, I get burnt out on it. And I this picked it is, the other day on BGA and you rejected it. This is absolutely correct. So I think I like that this feels more finite, like you are playing to a finite end with this one instead of the crew kind of feeling like, let's go again, let's go again, let's go again, which it can be nice, but I do think I have to be more in the mood for something like that. Well, and, and this as opposed to even duet. I mean, duet can go on for any number of hands, to, or not duet, the fox and the forest can go on for any number of hands. Yeah, and this is going to end after four. Four, that's it. And right. I think that in general, what I've liked about trick-taking games, because I played a, just a ton of spades. I played a lot of Euchre, yeah. some Five Han. I love all those games. And I think the it's taken these kind of new trick-taking games to get me to kind of realize those are all competitive games. And as Kelly mentioned, like you're on a team with someone, but then you're also competing against mm-hmm. another team. I think the co-op aspect of trick-taking games is more appealing to me than the non than the versus point, even though I'm very competitive because I like sort of trying to predict what my opponent has or what my partner has, trying to help my partner do things they want to do. And that kind of cooperation is very engaging to me. I'm going to say that when you say predict, you mean control. And you also (laughs) misspoke and called your partner your opponent. And I think that's also pretty Freudian of a slip. So Uh. I don't know so much about all that, but I do know that I think... What I'll say is the crew has more of a classic card game feel where it's like sit around the table all night and just kind of chit chat and play this and have, you know, have a good time. I think there's it feels more like a classic card game. I think both of these feel less like a classic card game. They feel more like a board game yeah, this could than have just been a play card game. This could have been an episode of Coffee Shop Games. Well, this could have been coffee shop games, and they definitely work for that. But what we've been doing so far is if it's a two-player only game, it has been one of these two-player episodes. Right. And if it is a coffee shop game, we play it two-player, but they have higher player counts, which means you could invite someone else to your table at the coffee shop. You could right. you could make friends. You know, I just mean like for the scale of the game. It's a oh, absolutely. It's definitely the size of a game you can play at a small absolutely. table. It's short, so, you know, a coffee, or if you're me, two. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's very portable. I think both of them might fit in one of the boxes. Now, we're going to go a little bit of game versus game before we close this out. Which one do you enjoy more, Fox in the Forest Classic or Fox in the Forest Duet? Give me Duet. I want to be on your team. Give me Duet. I also said Duet because I think that regular Fox in the Forest, which is, I think I like the... I think I like the app kind of solo of it and the challenges there, which I guess you could do in real life. But I think the duet is just a little a little bit more interesting. Which would you play next? I'm going to say the app. I played it today. I played it yesterday. I'm working through the challenges. And I think now that I'm better understanding the game, 
It doesn't make me want to play the physical one more, but it does make me want to play the app a little more. Oh. I mean, I think I would just play the one that you wanted to play next. Next. I like them both enough. Right. Now, it, which one would you recommend? We'll say recommend more. If you, mm. in general, if you're going to recommend this two-player trick-taking game, would you be more likely to recommend classic Fox in the Forest or would you recommend Duet? I mean, I think I would recommend Duet, but it's strongly colored by the fact that, like, you know, I, I think trick-taking games kind of make, put me back into an especially competitive gaming space. And I think for me, and the way I want to play games with the people that I care about now, I would much rather be in that space, but on their team and competitive for their benefit and for mine. Right. I think that I would be more likely to recommend classic Fox in the Forest because I think it kind of makes more sense. And I think only if you're playing it and are like, gosh, I wish we were on the same team then I would say duet. And I will often say when we play two-player games, like, oh, this game would probably be good for normal people. And we're not normal people. You're very competitive. I really like board games. And I think that kind of skews our opinion. But I think for the average person, I would say, if I was the target toy section buyer, I'd probably pick Fox in the Forest over duet. I think more people would kind of get behind that. Do you think it's worth having both of them or do you think they're kind of they're ultimately still a little redundant so we do a thing where we play every game in our library every year this is true and i think that while you could get me to play duet almost any time i would only want to play fox in the forest competitive once or twice a year but as long as it's in Mm -hmm. our library that's what we're gonna do and i like it right so you're like as long as you're not trying if you had a real small like you had five games you probably wouldn't want these to be two of the five. Or if, like, one of my card-playing friends who was pretty cool having a spirited, non-emotional, competitive tirade of a card game was over, I would want to play Fox in the Forest. I think this is my thing about the classic one. I think if you're really into games, there's better head-to-head, even card games. You think over, like, Rift Force? Wouldn't oh, you actually, rather I, do Rift I, Force? I'd probably rather play Jai- Jaipur. Or Jaipur. Yeah. But, right. But yeah, it's still. And Jaipur uh, isn't even like. I don't feel like Jaipur is like super competitive because it's so lucky. But I think Rift Force is getting a little out of luck and. and yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I could see. I, I think that's my thing with duet. Like I think you kind of have to be in. A, I think it's a smaller percentage of people that are gonna say, I want this kind of weight and this kind of co-op game. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to episode 44. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com. And you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. The last couple years, we did a countdown to Gen Con on Instagram. We started like 180 days out. This year, we might start like 50 days out. Be sure to follow us there to see those. We usually just post a different board game picture every day. We do have a steady stream of episodes coming your way definitely until episode 50 that we've already recorded. So those will be coming out here in the month of May. Next up is a solo mode episode with me talking about Project L. Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 43 more episodes headed your way. The next one being the entire Variant Hex crew talking about gaming on the go in Madison, Wisconsin. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. 